And now we turn to Harav Binyamin Tavori for the weekly discussion of the outside of the coming week. Harav Tavori. This week on Gimel Tammuz, we commemorate the 25th yard site of Rav Schneir Kutler. Rav Schneir was born on 1918 and was Nifter 25 years ago, 1982. He only lived till the age of 64. Obviously, the son of a Baron Cutler, the grandson of Rabbi Zalman Meltzer of Yerushalayim. Rav Schneir was trained from youth, living for a while in Slutsk as a young, young child, moving to Kletsk, and eventually winding up in Yerushalayim to learn with Gedola Yisrael. He was obviously very close to his grandfather, Rebbe Zalman, and learned with him. In fact, at a, that very young age, before he... I don't know the exact year, but it was before the mid-40s, Rav Schneier arranged the indices, Maftechos, summary of the Chidushim, of the of his grandfather, of Rabbi Zalman, and they're printed in the Evan Ha'azel, in Rabbi Zalman's classic work. There are editions and notes and summary of Rabbi Shneir Kutler as a young man. And he was also very close to the other G'dalim of Yishalayim, notably Rabbi Velvel. Later on in years, Rabbi Shneir used to refer to those years as years that he spent in the Mechitza within the confines of meeting with many Gedola Yisrael and he used to tell stories about his encounters with them about Gedolim. He was a great raconteur besides all his other talents which we'll briefly enumerate now. But he felt that keeping these Torah personalities alive and telling stories about them was an important part of the Masorah. In the mid-60s, in the mid-40s, when Rabbi Cutler moved to New York, Rabbi Schneier also came to New York and was active in the yeshiva. But, it, of course, it wasn't until the patira, until the death of Rabbi Cutler, that Rabbi Schneier himself came into prominence. In 1962, when Rabbi was nifter, there was a discussion among the Russia yeshiva of that generation who should take over the yeshiva. I lived at that time in Borough Park one block away from the home of Rebaron Cutler. He had a home in Borough Park. And that night, the night after the Petira, there was a meeting in his home in the house of Rebaron Cutler, meeting of great Rabbanim, the great Russia yeshiva, to discuss the future of, of, the, of the Lakewood yeshiva. I, at that time, I was a student in Yeshiva University, and Rav David Lifshitz came over to me in the morning and asked me if I would bring his letter to that meeting. He couldn't attend the the, letter, the meeting, but he wanted his letter to be given to them. And so I actually went to the house of Rabbi Baron Cutler that day 
to deliver the letter from Rav David Lipschitz. At that meeting, it was decided that, that Rav Schneier would take over the yeshiva of Lakewood. It was told to me at that time that Rav Schneier felt that his job was to continue not to deviate, but merely to continue the path set upon by his father, Rav Aaron Cutler. When Rav Aaron Cutler originally came to America, people felt that it was impossible to build the world of Torah in America. The situation of Yeshiva University was one place of learning Torah, but to build a place without a college, without university, just what Rebaron Cutler envisioned as a continuation of his yeshiva in Kletsk, people scoffed and said it was impossible. When people approached Rebaron Cutler, one of the people that was involved was a friend of my family, Reb Nissen Waxman, who was at that time a Rav in Lakewood. And he approached Rebaron Cutler to help bring him to America, as a matter of fact and tried to arrange a yeshiva, Rebaran insisted that this yeshiva be built in a city which would be a quiet city, away from the hustle-bustle of America, not in New York. And he said, only there, if we take the bachurim out of the American culture and bring them into the yeshiva, can we produce a Makam Torah. Reb Schneier felt that what his father had begun must continue in the same manner of which his father built the yeshiva. It, it was told to me that Reb Schneier likened himself at that time to the task that was given to Yitzchak. When Avram was the first to proclaim monotheism, he brought monotheism into a world of Avodah to a world which people would scoff and say that it's not possible. When the Leitzanei Hador the scoffers of the generation said me Avimelech nis Abra Sarah that Sarah was impregnated by Avimelech. One could interpret that the scoffers did not indeed say that God forbid Sarah had committed adultery with Avimelech. But in a more spiritual vein, they felt that the milieu in which Yitzchak was brought up, in which Avram was trying to create <coughs> a world through Yitzchak. That milieu was the world of Avimelech. The culture was that of Avimelech. And therefore they could scoff, they could be leitzanim, and they could say this has no continuity. Therefore Yitzchak's job is to stifle those scoffers by proving there is a direct continuity, not to change what Avraham did, but to continue in the same path, and of course, by Yitzchak it says, "Vayoshav Yitzchak vayachpores beiros hamayim ashachafru avdei aviv meAvram aviv veisatmun plishti machemos aviyam veikolem shemos kashemos hashar kamlam aviv." Yitzchak went and redug the wells that had been closed up in the time of Avraham. Those wells represent, perhaps in a metaphor, a spiritual concept, perhaps even a physical concept. But these were the wells that were dug by Avraham, and once Avraham died, they felt there's no continuity. We don't have to worry about this. We can close up those wells. But Yitzchak redigs the wells, the same wells, the same system that Avraham had, and he calls them the same names that Avraham had called them, which shows that there is a continuity 
to the pioneering work of Avraham. And as I said, it was told to me that Reb Schneir, in the beginning, taking over from his father, felt that that was his responsibility in the world. To take over that path that his father had built in Lakewood and not deviate, not change, but go in the same path and show that he's doing the same as his father did was the sign for the continuity. Apparently, in the first few years that Rav Schneir was in Lakewood, his shiurim primarily were based upon disseminating his father's Torah. Although he obviously had his own chidushim, and later on his chidushim were indeed printed, we have a safe, we have svarim at least of chidushim of Rabbi Shneir Katar printed, but in the beginning he felt his job was to continue his father's Torah and say over Torah from his father. Only later did he begin to say in yeshiva, did he begin to say his own chidushim. While he was interested in building his yeshiva, it's remarkable to see how at the end the difference between Lakewood in the days of Baron Cutler and until 1982 and then continue and see the changes in Lakewood until today have occurred. Baron had a yeshiva which was world-renowned, the yeshiva of Lakewood. How many Talmidim were in the yeshiva of Lakewood? At that time, it seems there were approximately 200 fellows in the yeshiva. When Reb when Schneier took over, altogether, there were more or less 200 fellows in the yeshiva. Between the 1964 and 1962 and 1982, between the years the Reb, the Reb Schneier was the Rosh Yeshiva, the Yeshiva grew from 200 students until almost a 1,000 students. Not only did the Yeshiva of Lakewood grow, but the city of Lakewood became known not just as the city with the base Medrash, but it was the city that B'nai Torah swarmed to. Today, I have no idea how many there are, but Lakewood is a city teeming with Torah. Many of the Bogrim, many of the people who had learned in Lakewood, but continued to live in Lakewood, entered businesses, professions, but wanted to be in the area of the yeshiva. And therefore, Lakewood today became a real yeshiva town. All this was due to the efforts of Reb Schneier, who built upon what, what his father had done, but he spread the Torah to an even greater amount of students in the city, in the yeshiva. Rebaron Cutler had originally the idea of building one Makam Torah in Lakewood. Reb Schneier further developed this idea and worried a great deal about Klai Yisrael outside of Lakewood and outside of New York. He began a number of Batei Medrash, a number of Kolalim, which made a profound impact upon 
various cities in North America. I remember that in the mid-60s, one of the first Lakewood Kololim was founded in Denver. At that time, Denver really was almost what we would call an Iranidachas, a city with no Torah at all in it, a city without a religious community at all. Very, very few people seemed to be the dominant force of the Orthodox community in Denver. Reb Schneier sent a cadre of young Kolelnikim, of young Tamiri Chachamim, one of the people that came to head the Kolel was Rav Kagan, who was the son of Rav Kagan, who was the Rosh Hashiva of Yeshiva Rabbeinu Yaakov Yosef. My Rosh Hashiva, when I was in Yeshiva High School, in RJJ, his son went to Denver with a group of people and it became a model of what a base medrash can accomplish in a town and also develop Denver as a Makam Torah. And then today we see in, in Philadelphia, in many other cities where yeshivas, which were begun as outreach of Lakewood, became centers of Torah and developed develop Torah in, in these cities. Reb Schneer was very concerned with the Klal Yisrael and not just with the yeshiva. At the Hesped that Reb Yaakov Kamenetsky made for Reb Schneer, he said, in Lakewood itself, maybe we'll find somebody to replace Reb Schneer. After all, he had a big family and there are many kochos, there are many great Tamani Chachamim in his family who can take over. And I'm not so worried about that. I am worried about who will worry about Klal Yisrael, who will worry about the other communities as much as Rav Shneur Katla did. He was a person who began with his yeshiva, but then he built outreach to many other institutions as well. A very interesting point, which is just a curious fact, which is symbolical of the idea that Rav Shneur took over for Rav Aaron and wanted to continue his derech, his continue what he did, was pointed out by students of Lakewood. They actually counted the time that Rebaron Cutler spent in Lakewood from the day that he founded Lakewood until the day that he was Nifter. And it came out to be 19 years, 7 months, and 1 day. And then they saw when Rebaron, when Rav Schneer took over for Rebaron, he was the Rosh Hashiva 19 years, 7 months, and 1 day. A curious fact, which is totally inexplicable, but somehow it does have a, a feeling that indeed Rav Schneer Cutler took over for Rebaron, tried to build the same yeshiva that Rebaron did, but eventually, as we said, he did a lot of outreach and built communities over North America. Baruch. His memory should be a blessing for all of us. You've been listening to Rabbi Yamin Tavori discuss the, the life of Rav Shnei Katla Zatzal, Rosh Shiva of Lakewood.